Welcome to episode 58 of the first 40 miles. If you're new to backpacking, or if you're hopelessly in love with someone who wants you to love backpacking, then this podcast is for you. We'll talk about the essentials, how to lighten your load, and how to make the most of your time on the trail. I'm your host, Heather Legler. And I'm Josh Legler. And this is The First 40 Miles. Today on The First 40 Miles, if you've ever listened to the Christmas story from the Bible and felt some connection, we'll share some good reasons why you may feel that way. On the Summit Gear Review, we'll show you a simple way to deal with the moody weather of December. For the Backpack Hack of the Week, find out where we dig up all our best backpacking stories. And we'll wrap up the show with a little Christmas Yuletide. All this... And that's about it, today on the first 40 miles. In our family, Josh is usually the one that gets our family outside. He's the one that plans the adventures. He's the one that pours over maps and looks up things online and finds the best trails for our family. In fact, he's also kind of the... um what do you call it? Maybe the motivator, the person who kind of says, come on, come on, let's go. Let's just spend a couple hours outside. And he gets all the kids, if not excited, then at least willing to go outside. So my question for you, Josh, is what are our family's hiking plans for Christmas Day? I know you've got something bubbling up, some kind of plan, because we talked about it in a recent episode, you know, getting out on Christmas Day because you feel kind of cooped up after a while. Yeah, I'm still figuring out the plans. We did some good stuff around Thanksgiving, and a lot of that wasn't really planned in advance. Well, part of it was. And so, I don't know. I mean, I might just do something spontaneous Christmas Day or the day after. We got out a few times around Thanksgiving, which was great. It was fun to meet up with your parents out at the Oregon coast. And then on Thanksgiving Day, we got out for a couple hours at a state park. And then Black Friday, which was opt-out side day. I think by about 2 p.m., we still hadn't really gotten out. And I was getting antsy and we got to get out of the house and do something. I had been meaning to check out this place. It's an abbey and there's some hiking trails there. So I was like, okay, let's go. And we packed everyone in the car, just kind of flying by the seat of our pants last minute. And we took off. And it was a cold day, but we had a nice hike. And at the end of the hike, we decided, oh, while we're out, we might as well get some groceries. And the van is almost out of gas, so we should get gas. So we went to the nearest town, and there we discovered that in our haste to get out that day, we had left everything at home. So neither one of us had our our debit cards, driver's licenses. I mean, nothing. Nothing. All we had was like ourselves and the key to the van. So (laughs) moral of the story, we shouldn't have even bought gas on Black Friday. And we had to borrow money from a couple of our kids to buy a couple (laughs) gallons of gas and pay for some groceries so we could get back home. Well, so that was our Black Friday experience. (laughs) But on the upside, the grocery store was almost completely empty. Like nobody shops at grocery stores on Black Friday. Yeah, so we did avoid, you know, the big shopping places where people are buying electronics and all that stuff and gifts. But I'm not sure if we learned a lesson in that or what. (laughs) 
It was so great to get out, though. It felt good. It was crisp and beautiful, and we hiked during daylight hours, so we got a nice view of everything. Yeah, it was just great to get out. So for Christmas, I might just do some spur-of-the-moment thing again. At this time, I think I'll remember to bring my wallet, so we don't get into that same situation. But it, it is nice to just say, you know what? We've spent most of the day in the house. Let's take off. But you're right, I am kind of brewing over some ideas, and the kids have really been asking to go to the snow. And this year, unlike last year, Oregon actually has some snow up in the mountains at this point. So that's an option. What do you think? I think you're going to really have to persuade me to get out in the snow. We lived eight years in Utah and a couple years in New York, and I'm kind of, I'm over snow. I don't know. Like, it's great for igloos and snowmen and stuff, but when I discovered that I could make snow in my blender at home, <laughs> then it kind of... It lost its magic. It lost huh? its magic. Yeah. Like, after the movie Frozen came out, every once in a while I would be like, hey, kids, do you want to build a snowman? And then I'd fill up the blender with ice cubes and turn it on and dump it out on a little baking sheet and they'd build a snowman. It was great. We didn't even have to, like, bundle up or be anything cold or anything <laughs> yeah but that doesn't seem to be quite enough for the kids and they're begging to go to the snow I know, even though i can make it right here at home yeah it's not the same no i guess not <laughs> so i think maybe our christmas break trip will be a go play in the snow trip somewhere okay well i will join you just bundle up <laughs> i know it's that time of year you know where you only get a few hours of sunlight yeah, at least where we live and so by the time you get out, the day is half over as far as sunlight goes. And you finally get up there where you're going, and two hours later, it's dark. And that's a real challenge this time of year, at least for those of us in somewhere around the 45th parallel or above. But every time we get out, we're glad that we did it. That's so true. And even when it is just one or two hours, it's amazing what a difference it makes. So we're still going to do it. All right, I'm with you. For today's top five list, we're going to share with you the top five elements of the Christmas story in the Bible that we feel hikers and backpackers can relate to. Now, if you're curious about the Christmas story from the Bible, the best place to find that is in Luke chapter 2. That's kind of the most complete story. And then you can find, you know, the rest of the story, I think in Matthew, it has mm -hmm. the wise men. And then there are other little parts of the Christmas story in Matthew. But the most famous lines from the Christmas story are in Luke chapter 2. So the first element of the Christmas story that hikers and backpackers can relate to is the angels announcing the birth of Christ to the shepherds. And they say, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. I think if backpackers have one anthem or creed in common, it's this, on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And the idea that on the trail, we're all equal. The trail is the great equalizer. We're all trying to find something while we're out there, whether it's personal achievement or adventure or clarity of thought or a connection with the people that we're traveling with. It's not about competing with each other at all. It's about connecting with each other and that goodwill toward all. The second element of the Christmas story that hikers and backpackers can relate to is something that the shepherds said. 
It was really simple. They just said, let us now go. After hearing the angel's announcement, they wanted to go see and go visit Mary and Joseph and Jesus. And we don't know how far they walked, but probably a few miles. You know, they were in the same country, just out in the fields with their sheep. So that was a nice little night hike. And hikers and backpackers are like that, too. You know, have you ever heard of a trail and you're like, I got to go hike it. It just sounds great. Let's go. And I think that's the spirit behind a lot of our family outings. It's like, let us now go. You know, we, we might not put a lot of prep into it. We just go because we know we're going to have a wonderful hike and we're going to see wonderful things. As a side note, this reminds me of a Backpacker Magazine article from March 2012. And it was about the quote-unquote Jesus Trail. So there's this trail that you can do in, uh, in Israel. It goes from Nazareth to Capernaum on the Sea of Galilee. And do you know how many miles it is? Um, 72. Close. It's 40. Oh, my goodness. And you could say that it was Jesus' first 40 miles. Because even though he'd done lots of, you know, walking around before that time, it was kind of at the beginning of his ministry. What a fun connection. Yeah. Wow. Well, the number three element of the Christmas story in the Bible that I think we can relate to is the phrase, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes. And this is talking about Mary wrapping baby Jesus in swaddling clothes and laying him in the manger. And when we're out backpacking, we sleep differently in the wild than we do in our beds at home. At home, we tend to sprawl underneath our comforters, surrounded by air that remains at a constant 68 degrees Fahrenheit. But on the trail, we sleep a little more like a swaddled infant in those primitive conditions, you know, far from sterile. And even though it's rustic and rough, it's also complete and enough. You have everything that you need, even though it's not as luxurious as what you experience at home. It's still enough. The fourth element of the Christmas story that backpackers and hikers can relate to is this phrase about the shepherds, and it says, and when they had seen it, they made known abroad. You know, they spread the story. I can imagine that the shepherds spending long hours watching sheep sitting on a hillside probably became really good storytellers. It probably helped them to pass the time with each other. And it'd be really fun to have them along on a backpacking trip just to hear their stories. And the Bible says that all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Like They had a really compelling story to tell. And every adventure that a backpacker goes on has a story. And it's funny how you can listen to someone give you a bunch of advice, and it may or may not stick. But if someone tells you a story, we have this ability to find meaning in stories that really sticks with us. And so I think there's something really powerful and important about the stories that come from our backpacking trips. And the last element of the Christmas story that we can relate to as hikers and backpackers is from Luke 2.19. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. She had just experienced something miraculous, 
And how do you put that into words? What do you even say? And each of us on the trail has at one time seen or experienced something that you could not put into words. So many times on the trail, we have these moments of pure joy, of reverence, gratitude, or awe. Those are the moments that can't be put into words because there are no words. I love to have those moments on the trail where I just stop and ponder or take in something that I'm experiencing. And yeah, I'm not going to be able to capture it with a photo. I probably won't be able to capture it with words. It just becomes an experience and a memory in my mind that I can look back to later. So we're sure many of you will hear a retelling of the Christmas story this Christmas. And when you hear it this time, you might have a little bit different perspective on some of those phrases and think about how they connect to your own life as a backpacker, as a hiker. For today's Summit Gear Review, we will be reviewing the Eurosherm Swing Lightflex Trekking Umbrella. Where we live in the Northwest, we get snow a couple times a year, but the bigger threat is rain, which means that to be prepared, you need to have rain gear. But along with the raincoat and rain pants, I love to have an umbrella because it's instant rain protection and it's broad rain protection and it's a multi-use item. Now in Seattle, the joke is that you can tell all the tourists by the fact that they're carrying umbrellas because all the locals run around with raincoats. But we really have found some great advantages to umbrellas, and we've talked about them in past episodes. So an umbrella is a legitimate piece of gear for backpacking. People really do carry umbrellas because of certain advantages that they have. And we'll get into that, but this one's a great one to take backpacking. Yeah, it's super light and it's high quality, which you can find super light umbrellas when you check out at the drugstore you know, ones that are around eight ounces, but this one is under eight ounces and it's different than any other umbrella that I've ever used. Probably because it's German. It's got that German engineering. It's like the BMW of umbrellas. So on your typical American umbrella, usually the arms that branch out and hold the umbrella in place, those have joints. And that's usually where they kind of have their weakness, you know, when your umbrella ends up breaking. It's one of those joints that usually is the culprit. So if you look at this umbrella, the inside, the arms that hold up the top of the umbrella, they're completely straight. There are no joints. And they're made out of uh, fiberglass material instead of the flimsy metal. The umbrella is made with polyester fabric. It's very lightweight and extremely tearproof. The Teflon coating on the polyester fabric really helps with water repellency, but um, not so much with soil resistance. As hard as I tried to keep it clean, it ended up getting dirty. And the stains, you know, the mud didn't really come off like I hoped it would. But it doesn't affect the water repellency. It just affects how the umbrella looks. For utility, as I said, people don't really think about bringing umbrellas on backpacking trips, but they really are a useful thing to have. And we discussed the utility of umbrellas in episode 7. So check that out if you want a little more kind of back info about why an umbrella is really useful on the trail. One of the things you'll notice when you use this umbrella is that it's very comfortable to hold. And part of that is because of the EVA hard foam handle. 
and it has grooves which make it so you don't hold a wet handle. So you can be out in the rain and it's not going to feel wet. Another thing that makes this umbrella a little bit different is that it's a manual open, which means it doesn't pop open. So you're not going to have that little button that you push that pops the umbrella open. I don't know who invented that or why they invented it, because it's not hard to open an umbrella. I guess it feels cool, but it's just more pieces that can break and fail on you. So this one is much more reliable. You just push it up with your hand, which, like you say, it's easy. This umbrella weighs 7.3 ounces, or 207 grams. Its closed size is 25 and a half inches long and about 2 inches wide. So it's going to be a pretty long umbrella. It's not a travel size like you're used to getting at the drugstore. Its extended size is awesome. It's almost 40 inches wide. I was shocked when I opened it because I'm used to using those little drugstore umbrellas that are, you know, barely as wide as your shoulders and you just feel like you can't share it with someone because you don't want to get wet. This one is wide enough to cover all of you. And if you tilt it back just a little bit, it could even cover your pack if you choose not to bring a pack cover. It's a great size and it has a great loft or dome size. So you feel like you really are in this little safe zone, you know, this little dry pocket of the earth when everything else is wet and soaked. And the lack of compactability, I don't think it's really an issue when you're backpacking because you can just slip it on the outside of your pack where you would put trekking poles. So it's fine that it's long because your pack is long too. You don't need to be able to collapse it down to nine inches, you know, because you're going to be walking into a building or something like that. And by the fact that it's not so collapsible, it means they could make it much more durable. You just have a lot less, you know, risk of things breaking. I just put mine in a water bottle holder on the outside of my pack. So it fit in the same pouch with my water bottle. They both fit in there perfectly. And then did you need to kind of put a strap around it at the top end? or shove it through a strap at the top? I didn't, but I probably should have. There's a little loop down by the handle that I probably could just put like a S-beaner and attach it on somewhere. So Mm -hmm. just so I have a little bit more protection so it won't fall out of my pack. So I guess the water bottle sleeve on your Osprey pack is deep enough to where this umbrella really, I mean, you didn't have any problems with it falling out. No. And so that's great. As far as maintenance goes, Eurosherm claims that this umbrella is nearly unbreakable. I love that because umbrellas are infamous for breaking, especially right when you need them. This umbrella comes with a waterproof carry bag with a webbing carry strap. However, that was the first thing that I tossed. I didn't ever use the little carry strap. I think it's for people maybe who are just going on a hike and they want to carry a water bottle and an umbrella. And so maybe that carry strap is helpful. But if I'm just going to put it in my pack or in the water bottle holder on the outside of my pack, you don't need the waterproof carry bag. For investment, you can find these umbrellas for around $45. And they have an upgrade for this umbrella that I thought was really interesting because it kind of goes along with one of our uses for umbrellas. They have a version of this umbrella where the outside is silver and the inside is black. So that means that you can protect yourself from UV rays and heat with that silver metallic coating. Then you'll get that sun protection. So for the trial experience of this umbrella, before you got this umbrella, what did you take with you? I 
I know you took umbrellas in the past before you got this one, and how did they perform? Yeah, I just took the travel umbrellas that they have at the drugstore. That's it. And they were around eight ounces, and I just had such a great experience with umbrellas in general that I knew I wanted something that would actually hold up. Yeah, eventually, each of those umbrellas that I used, I'd bring them home, and the kids would use them and take them to school, and they'd collapse. The arms, the joints in the arms would just self-destruct. On our Redwoods trip last September, I used this umbrella daily, hourly, minutely. I was opening it up and using it for a little while and then closing it. And then I think there was one solid day where I just kept it open because it was just, there was just a lot of rain. But it was great to just be able to pull it out of my pack and pop it open for a few minutes and then put it away. And I think I was the only one on that trip that brought an umbrella. And the advantage that you had was, like, for the rest of us, it's kind of this decision point. Is it raining enough to put on my rain gear? Because the answer to that question means taking off your pack, setting it down, pulling out your rain pants, pulling out your rain coat, pulling out your pack cover, getting all of that put on, and then getting back to hiking. And then what if the rain stops 10 minutes later? And you're like, oh, now I've got all this rain gear on. I'm going to get hot and sweaty inside of it. And so when the rain is coming and going like it was in the Redwoods that one day, then having the umbrella was really convenient for you because you could just pull it out and open it. And then when the rain stopped, you just put it back in your pack. You didn't have to stop and and take off your pack and do all those things as the rain started and stopped. So if you're looking for an umbrella to take with you on your next backpacking trip, the Eurosherm Swing Light Flex Trekking Umbrella really is the BMW of umbrellas for hikers and backpackers. It's lightweight, it's high quality, and it's a great deal because it's going to last much longer than your traditional American umbrellas. Eurosherm is spelled E-U-R-O-S-C-H-I-R-M. We'll have the link in the show notes for today's episode, which will be at thefirst40miles.com slash 058. For today's backpack hack of the week, the Google News. The Google? (laughs) (laughs) The Google. (laughs) The Google. Let's try this again. For today's backpack hack of the week, using Google News for backpacking stories. Sometimes checking the news every day can be really, oh, discouraging. (laughs) You read a lot of things in the news that you just wish weren't happening. And so one of the things that we enjoy doing is using Google News to kind of handpick all the things that we want to get information about. It's a free news aggregator, and so you just type in the search terms that you want, and it will create little newspaper sections for you. I mean, you can make any section that you want. In fact, recently I did a search for blind hiking trails, and I found a couple stories that were just fascinating and really inspiring. One of them was about a section of woods that was made to be more friendly for blind people. And then another article that I found was about a blind man who was hiking some of the country's toughest trails. So really fascinating stuff. And you can put in whatever search terms you want. You could put in backpacking 
or ultralight backpacking or winter backpacking. You can include your own local and regional trails that you want to get news on. You could even do search and rescue and find out what's going on with search and rescue groups. But it always brings up fascinating and inspiring stories from the world of backpacking. Now, currently, there's no way to disambiguate between wilderness backpacking, which is what we do. It involves tents, outdoor skills, trails, and dirt from travel backpacking, which involves staying in hostels, adventurous 20-somethings, and lots of international travel. So you'll just have to sort out the wilderness backpacking from the travel backpacking when you get these articles. And I want to throw in kind of a Google bonus in our backpack hack. It's maybe a little even lesser known Google product than the news site is, and that's Google Scholar. So it gives you access to journal articles like research that's being done and published. So back in episode seven, you know, when we talked about umbrellas, in that same episode, we also talked about pack weight versus body weight. And we cited research that had been done at Kansas State University. That sort of stuff shows up in Google Scholar. And so I did a quick search this morning, and uh, one of the interesting things that I saw in the results was research that was done actually a long time ago about the impact of the weight of your hiking boots, which is something we've chatted about before. Someone's actually done research about that. So if you want kind of more... um, Nerdy stuff. Yeah, the nerdy kind of academic stuff. Sometimes it's the stuff that the news articles are based on, but get watered down a lot. Then, yeah, go a little deeper and you'll find Google Scholar. Oh, I love it. Thanks for sharing that. That was really cool. Well, in today's episode, we talked about the Christmas story and we reviewed a German trekking umbrella. So we will leave you with a little trail wisdom from Franz Gruber, translated from German. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. If you liked this podcast, follow us on Facebook and Twitter or review us on iTunes. We'll see you next time on The First 40 Miles. we talked about yeah. it in a oh because we talked <laughs> you interrupt me go ahead <laughs> no after you go ahead <laughs> thanks
the ground was, let's see, I don't want to talk about the ground. <laughs> they had a really compelling st- story. <laughs> For today's Summit Gear Review, we will be reviewing Swaddling Clothes by <laughs> <Yeah>. Sierra Designs. <laughs>